so today's episode is kind of our sign to tell you to go to therapy if you need it. Yeah, okay. just a just a gentle reminder. You should go to therapy if you think you need it. Like if you have that gut feeling, you're like, hmm, maybe I need to unravel some of this trauma with somebody else besides like my friends or my dog or my cat, you know, go to therapy. <laughs> Welcome back to the Empathy Show. I'm Chirag. <laughs> and I'm Karina. And today, very on brand with our podcast, something that we actually never talked about yet is therapy. And yes. you can imagine me saying that with the glitter emoji. Like if you're an Apple user, you know that yellow like star glitter emoji. That's me. One one emoji, therapy, and end of another emoji. So okay. And for me, the starstruck emoji. Um. <laughs> the starstruck emoji. <laughs> but yeah, as we mentioned in the intro, um, after this episode, I think once we've talked about it, it might convince you to go to therapy. And, you know, it's not something you should be ashamed of. That's something that we also want to talk about. The therapy is aka support and everybody needs support no matter who it's coming from or where you're getting it from and we just want to emphasize that a lot because we're not shaming people for getting therapy we actually want to congratulate you for actually taking that step because you realize that you need support and you need the help that you want to get and we want to be able to support everybody who does that so here we are talking about therapy and specifically Chirag's experience with therapy, which I'm very excited about to hear because, you know, maybe I need to go to therapy too. You know, maybe I'm internally a sociopath and just need to, <laughs> just need to unravel some stuff as well. But Chirag's time. Yeah, I'm excited. That, that was a very wholesome start and, and- Thank you for starting with destigmatizing therapy, um, because because I, I used to think that therapy is kind of like you're broken and mm-hmm. you go to therapy to get yourself fixed. But but um, I think it's more like mental health is like we have our ups and downs. It's it's a health like it's like everyday life and and sometimes downs are like so um, sometimes you can't just lift yourself up from a down period and you and you need kind of like support from people uh, friends family or even a therapist and uh, yeah we yeah these, the support system is great uh, yeah okay so, so, so where do you want me to start I want you to start with how how you made the move to find the help you needed um, like was there a specific event or was there like an incident where you're like by yourself and you finally like broke through and you're like I need to go to therapy so for me it was a friend uh so this story starts with like from the start like uh me and my mental health it's it's always been like I've always been anxious I guess anxiety and nervousness like it's always been with me uh like for example like in my first year like when I came here to Canada like like placing an order like at Gather and uh, I was 
so so nervous so anxious even though even though english is my first language and um, mm-hmm. like but but yeah like i was like um i was like this like hi um <laughs> can i can i please have um a bowl of uh, spinach pasta please and uh, <laughs> it was it was it was so funny and uh, uh, i was really nervous i thought that i'm going to mess it up um uh, it was like I'm, i was like prepping myself i was like bracing myself for kind of like mm. get out and and place an order um and this, this is just an example there there were so many moments like these where like i, I found myself just anxious about things and it, it, it was before as well like in high school uh, growing up uh Yeah, I was like, why is this? I thought this was normal life for a bit. I was like, yeah, anxiety is like normal. Like you being on fire, your belly being on fire is like pretty normal. Um, but but then um, a friend of mine, she's like, uh, yeah, bro, uh, maybe think about therapy. Like uh, like we had a good conversation about it, and uh, she shared her experience with therapy. Um, her, like her parents had a divorce, and uh, that was. the event for her uh that prompted therapy for me it was her nudging me to kind of like um, maybe talk to someone about this um mm. and and explore this side um i was like yeah good point let's uh, let's find someone and uh, so so i found this very nice therapist um i asked her if i can mention her by name uh, her name is eva she is amazing like which where where does she work what uh, what service where what place clinic Vancouver yeah um the clinic is in Kitts yeah oh yeah she is um brilliant so so yeah like i i was not a great person seeking therapy like i was not that consistent um, and oh was, you're not a good client essentially <laughs> i'm i'm the most awful client uh, i don't know she, she's way too nice she, she won't like i asked like am i the worst client like she's like no you're the best and i'm like no and no i'm not the best i'm, I'm awful <laughs> no this. i'm not the best i know i'm shit at this um <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, the, the the thing with this is like i I'm a most self-paced kind of a guy like I'm mm, very reflective yeah. very reflective thoughtful I'm like give me homework to think and uh, I'll see you again in 3 4 months <laughs> but um and yeah uh so, so yeah I, I did this in in my own pace and uh, she was very accommodating uh, because during those days like I was I was extremely busy as well and I'm not glorifying busyness in any way like it's it wasn't good like I one of my regrets is that I I didn't dedicate enough time to this um, and I wish I dedicated more time this is because this is kind of like an investment the result was amazing like I um I'm I'm more confident i i see myself like with more clarity i i have a better understanding mm-hmm. of who i am um i'm more more reflective even like how i was before like i i love reflection and thinking so so yeah it, it kind of like just elevated my skills there and it just my command of life like i kind of like became a good leader of my own life which was awesome um yeah <laughs> I I can I can I can see your face you're thinking you're, you're like, I am thinking cuz I had I have something to ask you. 
Um, okay. I okay. I'm gonna ask this question first because we are students. Have you ever tried UBC counseling services before reaching out to external party for therapy? I tried, but they're extremely busy, and I always felt that. Like yeah, like I always felt that my needs are like I I didn't value my needs that much. I was like mm. let, let other people get care. Like it's it's already way too busy. Like we just have like three four uh, counselors, and I was like um, I I I didn't that wasn't the right move. Like it's yeah. Like my my problems are very valid. I I should have gone exactly there. Like, yes. I'm, I'm wow, this is a great system. therapy session. You are therap you're doing therapy on yourself. Wow. Good I know job. it wasn't good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that delayed as well. Like I, yeah, that that delayed the whole process of me reaching out to you. Uh, um, yeah, just I, I should have just gone there. But forgiveness is good. I forgive myself. <laughs> That's good. On the topic of being transparent as well, do you mind disclosing how much therapy is? Because I know some people like don't want to go to therapy because of the money. And that's why they wait and wait and wait for like UBC or like whatever free services that are offered in their community. Um, And not saying that like free services aren't on the same level as paid services, but sometimes it's just that free ones, you may have to wait a long time before you actually get to meet a doctor or meet a therapist or meet whoever you need help for. And by the time you meet them, like, something might have changed already with your condition so just wanted to ask you about that yeah so i paid somewhere around 200 bucks per session which is per session very expensive um but yeah like how long were each session uh hour an Mm -hmm. hour but but yeah like it's 100 percent. like this is money is one of the biggest barriers in access to mental health care but there's this amazing, amazing venture at UBC. Uh, they're called FAIR, P-H-A-R-E. You can uh, go to their website, vrfair.com. They have a pay what feels fair model where you can pay whatever you feel is fair. Like you want to pay 10 bucks for a session, you can pay 10 bucks for a session with a therapist, like a very good therapist. Um, they're doing some amazing, amazing work. Um and, and yeah, it, it's it's very mind-boggling that uh, we need folks like we are fair, um, the fair venture, and even honest empathy like our startup, like it builds solutions so that care is accessible. It's mm-hmm. f- in most cases free, and yeah, like why why do we need all this when like we know that this is such a big crisis and like folks need care? Like it's, it's the thing is. The thing is, like, I understand from both sides, like, people can't get the care they need because of that economic barrier. But at the same time, those experts, we have a limited number of them. And they are also, they also need to be properly educated and go through all of that to actually be a licensed therapist or whatever it is. So, like thinking thinking like logically and outside of the situation like I see both sides and I understand both sides equally because the thing is like 
if everything was free, if every like therapy session was free, then who would be paying the bills for the building? Who would be paying the utility bills? Who would be paying the other workers that are in the building? Like how like you can't just run a business or you can't just run a service for free unless there's government funding. And there's always, always grants out there that a lot of people can apply for to run these type of services. Grants are great. Uh, and yeah, I completely get your point of supply and like uh, training and the time it takes, like 100% support that. Um, I mean, like, let, let's add it to a universal healthcare system, like mm-hmm. therapy, uh, psychological help, like mental health is essential health, as, as important as a physical health. Yeah. Now run for the election and say that mental health should also be part of our healthcare system because as Canadians we do get free healthcare so like it's completely valid and it's definitely something that is going to be brought up like in this generation especially like this is something that in a future election maybe not this one that's like currently happening but like maybe the next one somebody will actually bring this topic up so, yeah, and and do you know about these stats about Asian Americans and Asian Canadians? Where, uh, like, we are the ones who are like we are always pursuing this ideal of perfection and all that stuff, like the way we are raised and everything, and that has such a big toll on our mental health. It's like. Mm-hmm. And we are the ones out of all the ethnic minorities. Like, we are the ones who do not seek care like the least we are the ones that don't seek care but we're the ones that need it the most yeah it's the the stats are like yeah i'm saying mind-boggling again but yeah mind-boggling like it's you know you know i feel like the fbi is actually listening into our conversations because you know how you texted me today like asking me oh like we're talking about therapy today for our episode <laughs> and i'm like yeah like half an hour later on Facebook, I was scrolling and I see this ad and it's like this like stat on this ad that says this percentage of um, of like Asians, they are still traumatized from like being hit as younger as like when they were kids by their parents <laughs> and I was like like um, is this something you want us to talk about on the podcast or something is this like a sign like what's going on um, I can't talk about it I was like I saw that ad and I was like oh my god I feel like this is targeted too like it's something I experienced too but you know it's it's fine like we don't talk about that anymore like <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so so what what prompted all this um, therapy thoughts in your mind? Like, where, where is this all coming from? Why, like, why I wanted to talk about it on this podcast is especially because we're called the Empathy Show. So we shouldn't even like we're not restricting ourselves to just like one topic. We're we're we want to cover all grounds of um, like society and just our own lives where empathy can be used and be related in. And this is just one of the bigger examples that we've never talked about. And I wanted to especially like learn more about therapy because this is the area that I want to go into in the future. Um, For our listeners, like, I don't know, like I've mentioned this shrug before, but um, we're both business students, but I, we're both business students, but we're both like non-traditional business students. Like we're the ones that like, don't want to follow the big four path and, you know, like becoming an investment banker or an accountant and then be stressed by the time we're 30 years old and like gray, white hair, losing hair. And 
then realizing like by the time we're 50, we're like loners and we don't have a love life. We don't have a social life. We just have our two dogs at home that we go home to and we have nothing but money. But like, what else do we have? Like no love, no happiness, no family, like (laughs) accidental business pages. (laughs) So, yeah. But like also like no shade, no tea to people who are going to those careers. If like if you find happiness in that and you find happiness, like you find that work-life balance that you love and that's like what makes you want to wake up every day and go to work for, then do you like we have nothing against that. But for Shrug and I, that's just not the life that we imagine ourselves seeing in like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years from now. And like we personally know that like it's just not for us. But continuing, so after realizing that, you know, that career isn't for me, got a lot of, like, self-reflection and, like, talking to myself, like, hmm, like, what am I good at? What am I good at besides sleeping and eating, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what am I good at that I can actually make a career out of? So, you know, HR is, like, kind of the area where, like, all this mental health work goes into and like corporately that's where all the big moves can happen so that's where I'm studying in and then after working in corporate like making some big moves if I can um, I want to leave corporate and then go back to school possibly to get a psychology degree that's like another four years of school But if I can bypass that with my current degrees that I have and go straight to getting like a license for um, therapy or for life coach, then I will do that instead. Um, Because I realize that like for me, feeling happy and feeling successful isn't just based on my own successes and based on my own happinesses is also about the people around me. Like if my, if the people around me are happy and successful and they're succeeding and they're like chasing the goals that they want, or like they do something in that day that make them happy, then that what, that's what makes me happy, you know? So I figured out like, you know, for me, for the career that I want to do, I want to be able to help others figure out what they want to do too, what, makes them happy so they can live the best life that they were set out to live so here we go we have a future therapist here and then opening my own dog cafe that offers therapy so that's my end goal (laughs) is it it chasing back like um, um, that's awesome uh dog cafe uh Awesome. Uh, but yeah, have, have you had an experience like this before where, where you're like yeah, helping others uh, succeed? And yeah, like have, have you had this experience before? Like yeah. in any setting? I think like my realization comes from the fact that we're at the age where a lot of people are really lost right now. They're wondering if they should switch um, education, like their major or like switch like from jobs. Like some people are working multiple jobs outside of school and they're still trying to figure out like what career they want to go into. And a lot of the times, like they know what they want to do. They know what they like to do, but they just don't have the balls to push themselves to do it. So I'm the person that tells them, Hey, that's what you like to do. So why are you focusing all of your energy that you have on things that are not as important, things that are not a big priority? 
and things that are not making you happy. Like, why are you doing that? You're just wasting your energy and wasting your time on like goals that you might think are important, but personally to you, like deep down, they're not important to you. You sound so like, more like a you sound more like a performance coach than a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Wait, my laptop's dying. Give me a second. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Um, but yeah, I just like to help people figure out what they need to do. Yeah. You know, like sometimes maybe that means that I'm more set out to be a life coach, but like. You just they just they just need that one push. Like you can see them doing that thing, but they're just they're just like their vision is just blocked. They're just too their vision is too murky to like actually see that end goal. But you see it for them, and you're like, yeah. "What are you doing?" How how about um, the Korean coaching, like uh, like physical sports coaching, like being a Uh, oh, athletic coaching. Like, you think I, I can be an athletic coach? I, I I know you don't like exercising, but it's not a lot of exercising to be honest. No, coaching, but the thing is, like, like I played sports from elementary school to high school. Like I was on the basketball team, volleyball team, badminton team. I was all of that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not a lot of playing. It's like where you're like with your team, pushing them forward. I don't uh, lighting I don't, fire. Like I don't know. I don't like that type of coaching. I don't like athletic coaching as much as like life career coaching because like it, it is a career. Like it's it um, is a career. Yes, it is yeah. a career. But like it's not something that I would I would see myself doing because I don't know. I just from the experiences that I've had with my coaches, um, you can be better. <laughs> I could be better. Yes, I definitely can be better. But like it's just. I don't want to wake up at 6 a.m. to coach a basketball team. Like, that's oh, not my lifestyle. <laughs> you're the boss. Who you can ask them to come at like 8 a.m. Like, I don't. I don't want to wake up early. I don't want to wake up early. I don't want to stay out late. So like, well, what about evening practice? I also don't want to drive them to games or tournaments across the country or anything like that. That's not for me. <laughs> like, if I wanted to have kids, I would just have my own kids then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know you, you don't want kids. Um, so that in the last episode, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I would love to be a coach, like athletic coaching. Like really, yeah. What to. What did you What do you want to coach for? I don't know any sport. Like um, soccer sounds fun. Like it looks fun. <laughs> soccer to coach. dad, you would soccer, be soccer dad. dad. That'd be so soccer funny. coach. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll maybe be a soccer dad at least. Uh, Coach, maybe, but <laughs> yeah. One of the new friends I made, he uh, he works for UBC and also coaches hockey. Wow, uh, part time, yeah, high school. Uh, I know a lot of people like they like coaching, like you know, not just like not school teams, but like you know, extracurricular teams because it's fulfilling for them. Like they work a full-time job and this is like a side thing that they do maybe like maybe even if it's a volunteer work but they just do it because they like the sport or they just love doing that giving back to the community type of thing 100% um mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're digressing from our uh oh main therapy theme, yeah main, main <laughs> theme for the episode it's it's about therapy um 
I want to ask you, how many therapists have you gone through before you met Ava? And how many? Uh, she was, uh, so UBC counseling was number one. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was discouraged. Like, I was like, uh, let it be. Um, they didn't discourage me. I discouraged myself from reaching out to them. And wow, they awesome good correction. People. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, and then uh, I just found Eva on uh, the province of BC's website. Like it's uh, wait, that's so good because like a lot of people they don't find the perfect therapist for them the first time around. For me, it was like pretty like yeah, it was a good match. I got lucky, um, mm-hmm. but, but also I knew what kind of therapy I wanted. I wanted cognitive behavioral, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and do you want to explain that? So people know what that is. So CBT is, um, so cognitive behavioral therapy is a form of psychological treatment that has been demonstrated to be effective for a range of problems, including uh, for problems including depression, anxiety disorders, alcohol and drug use problems, marital problems, eating disorders. Eating disorders, like my anxiety was linked to an eating disorder. Mm. Uh, Just a wide CBT. range of problems, essentially. Yeah. I have another question going back, going back to our today's topic. Um, did you ever had this like sudden urge? Like I need to go to therapy right now. I need to have a session right now. Did you ever have that moment? Um, I've had those moments like where I'm like, I, I need to talk to someone now. Uh, and uh, I want to talk about it. My friends or um, my family, especially I, I don't feel a lot comfortable talking about all this with my mom, especially like she, me too. Um, I, I don't want to pressure them. Like, I don't know. And they are sometimes judgmental. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to talk to you. But yeah, I think oh, like, what about you? That's, a, that's like another, that's like another subtopic. Oh my God. Um, I think like, oh my God. I think, I don't know. It's maybe because of how like we've grown up and we've learned to like hide our problems and just deal with it by ourselves. Because, yeah. like, I think even now, like, I'm 20 years old, my first thought whenever I do something or whenever I want to ask something, my first thought is, like, my mom's going to get mad. Yeah. Or my mom, my mom's going to ban that idea. Like, she's going to say I get no. it. Uh, 100%. For me, it's not my mom. It's my it's my dad. My mom said yesterday, mm. she's, she's a big sweetheart. But, yeah, my dad is like that. I think my dad is like the one that's like sure, but then like ask your mom. Yeah, my my mom is like that. Like sure, like I ask your dad. Yeah, yeah. There's always that one parent who does that. <sighs> but yeah, I think like because the era that our parents were in, they still have that traditional way of thinking. But then now how we were how we are growing up like we are like our society is changing a lot and we're growing up in this ever-changing society so when we become parents or when we're at the age where you know we have to show guidance to those younger than us like we have that like open-mindedness that like our parents didn't have not saying that my parents aren't open-minded but then ours is a lot wider our lens is a lot wider yeah, um, um, we're more understanding. I think we are more open-minded for sure. Like big props mm-hmm. to us. Uh, our generation is great, but but, but yeah, like uh, so. 
Wait, so did did your parents immigrated or their parents immigrated to Canada? My parents immigrated. Oh, so they are first gen. You're first gen. Um, so, so, so do you, do you feel that they're they're still stuck in like um, uh, how China was in 1990s or 1980s? Oh wait, wait, wait! Before I go into that, I want to clarify: my parents immigrated, but then my dad's side of the family, which also included my grandparents on that side of the family, immigrated here as well. Oh, okay, but yeah, so yeah, so okay, yeah. So, 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 do you feel that um, uh, that your parents are still stuck in like nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties kind of like societal thinking how it was in China? Because one thing that I've noticed is my parents they're still in Mumbai and they're way more uh, open minded than my friends' parents who are also Asians, but their parents immigrated here and their minds are like still stuck in how India was in 1980s and 90s and mm. yeah like they're like still stuck I there. think <laughs> the thing is like there's also not just a generation difference but also the gender difference like yeah that's another thing to unpack because like just want to say like the things that my brother did when he was 20 years old versus the things that I can do when I'm 20 years old is just kind of unfair. But, yeah. It's um, super unfair. Yeah. And it's because, like, he's a boy and I'm a girl. And, like, I've asked my mom before. I was like, why can't I stay out later? Like, my brother did that when he was the same age as me. And she's like, it's because you're a girl. And yeah. the thing is, like, I don't blame her because right now how our society is as well it's literally not giving room for this type of thing to move forward. It's awful. I don't know if you saw what happened. I don't know if you saw what happened with Western. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I saw it on your story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely horrible. So it's like their worries are valid because that type of thing, that type of mindset that a lot some the minority in our society has, it's still here. Yeah. But, but still, yeah, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> um. So I don't think that's something that I can ever unpack in therapy because that's not like, that's not like trauma or that's not like a big problem, but that's like something that society has dictated for us which has led to my parents believing like this is what we need to do to make sure our child is protected. Well, I think it's a big fucking problem. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's not something you can fix just by going to therapy. Like this problem is not, not like a personal problem. Like this is a society problem. Like it's a problem that's bigger than any of us because the people that are doing this stuff, like the people that are in the wrong they're not being raised right. Sorry. But like, to be honest, like if you can do something as disgusting as that, like trigger warning, we're talking about sexual assault, rape, murder. Like if you can raise your child to do something like that, then you didn't do your job right as a parent. And I'm maybe there's no fault in your parenting. Maybe like you did the, did everything in the books, did everything that your parents did. 
but you just didn't notice there was a problem with your child, that's also your fault too. Because as a parent, you not only have the responsibility of taking yourself, taking care of your family, but you also have to pay attention to how your child is acting and how they're feeling. And sometimes you do need to stalk your children. Like, I get that. I understand why you need to do that. Like, you may need to be overprotective sometimes, and that's fine. But as long as there's healthy communication in between, then okay, do whatever you want. But it's like, I don't get it. I don't get how, like, parents don't notice there's something wrong with their children's behavior and not do something about it and just leave it and just be like, yeah, like, that's going to go away. Like, that blows my mind every single day. The hypocrisy in this is, like, so amazing that we, like, yeah, like, when we're parenting, like, we won't, like, teach our boys to be good and decent and just human, but we'll have restraints for our daughters, like. Exactly. It it makes no sense. It's like, you're telling your daughter to, like, get home by, like, 9 p.m., and if they're late by half an hour, you start yelling at them because they were late by half an hour. And you're only yelling at them because you're worried of what could have happened to them in that half an hour portion. Yeah. But if your son is home later than that, like two hours later, you don't say anything about it. And you just ask them, like, how was your night? Yeah. Or if your son is, like, being a... Being an asshole? (laughs) To to other girls or something like that. I I don't know, like being disrespectful and being a bully. Like that that's just a stat, I guess, of like this Exactly. That's yeah, just a stat. Um which could lead to so many awful things. And that's not like that's something maybe you need to do like family therapy. I know there's people that do family therapy. Like there's also couples therapy, but family therapy, like a lot of people, like family wise, they have a lot of stuff that they need to unpack that we're not going to go into today. But like sometimes family therapy is the right move. And it at the end of it is just that you get that healthy communication that you needed in the beginning. Like your parents should be the first person you think of when you need help. They shouldn't be like, they, your first thought shouldn't be like, they're going to be angry when I tell them about this. Like, for me, that shouldn't be happening to me. But it is because, like, it's what I've been brought up into. So what can I do about it? I'm, I can't force my mom to go to therapy. I can't force my dad to go into therapy. Like, I'm 28. I only have to live here for, like, a couple more years and I can move out and do whatever I want. Like, just stick with it. And if I'm still, like, traumatized or if I'm still, like, having problems, like, I can find therapy about myself later on. Like, it's too late for me, you know? It's, it is not I mean, too late. I mean, it's, it's, it's too late for me to force my parents to go oh, to therapy with me, you know? Like, but, but still, they're, like, not that old, I guess. Like, um, <laughs> um, well, but yeah, a question for you. So, do uh, you have a gender preference when you look for a therapist? Oh, yeah. I think, like, (sighs) this is the same thing with, like, finding doctors and finding specialist doctors as well. You know? Like, for example, TMI. Like, a lot of girls that that want to find OBGYNs, they look for a girl doctor, not a guy doctor. And because there have been cases where 
guy doctors have sexually assaulted girls at their appointments. And so, like, this is another, another level of disgusting behavior where you're abusing your power as a professional, as an, ex- as an expert, to harm somebody else. Horrible. Yeah. Right? Disgusting. <sighs> you know, wow, this might sound controversial, but I feel like... Canada should still have their death sentence for like that five percent more minority in the population who are like rapists or like who think that they can do whatever they want to like girls and get away with it. Hi, um, this is the editor. Shira got kicked out of the place where he was recording. Uh, anyway, back to the death penalty. Anyways, sorry for the intermission, everybody. Um, but we're back. Shira <laughs> just had to. A little minor adjustment, so if you guys hear anything weird in our final edit, so sorry about that. Just just a heads up. <laughs> um, death penalty. <laughs> death penalty, yes. Um, not that it's something that we should be laughing about, but personally, that's what I believe in. I honestly think like people who are murderers and like rapists, you deserve the death penalty you don't deserve to get bailed out and like have appeals like no you don't get to have an appeal on your trial if you're determined if your verdict is guilty like no you don't get an appeal you did what you did and you know that you did it so why are you trying to fight that you're innocent unless you're really innocent then okay fine thank you for adding but if you if you know you're guilty and you're still trying to appeal it and get a lesser sentence, then you're a disgusting human being. Yeah, um, absolutely no question. Like if, if someone does that, if, if it were my child, if, if someone did that to my child, I would I would want to kill that person. But the thing with the justice system is that so many times it gets these things wrong. Like there's so many wrongful convictions that... When I think about it in a macro sense, like if we start executing folks who are not guilty and it happens a lot, like a lot, lot. And it's been historically folks of color who've been prosecuted and like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm conflicted on this. I'm, I'm not as sure shot as you are that death penalty is good. I think it's because like, I've seen too many like white straight males get away with things or get a lesser penalty than compared to people of color. And I just don't agree with that personally at all. And yeah. Anyways, that's another thing for therapy. Like if you think that you don't need therapy after you commit such a heinous crime, like you need therapy yeah some people are beyond repair but um i think everybody has a second chance but me preaching death penalty at the same time contradicts that um i don't think you have a second chance if you can do something like that like no amount of repairing can make you a better human being after that yeah yeah Um, but also i feel like is, is it okay to is, is that whole concept of an eye for an eye uh, really valid and good uh, and humane 
yeah, I, yeah that, that's again like one side of me is like if this will happen to my kid I would want to kill that person but then again eye for an eye will make the whole world blind as Gandhi said like it, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a deep philosophical question <laughs> which we can save for a yeah. different episode uh, are you still yeah, no. going to therapy right now? No. Going back? Hmm? Why not? Did you like reach the graduation point? Yeah, or, we, like- we kind of like had a, a graduation ceremony. The guy kind of like. Um, oh, can you tell us it, more? About it was that? kind of sad because um, uh, I'm, I'm not great at quitting things. Like, uh, it was kind of like a big part. Like, just, just coming to an end because. Um, um, it, I, I started feeling like yeah, I, I don't need her, and and usually, usually <laughs> the therapist is the one who recognizes that. Like it's it's now that I look back to years ago, mm-hmm. I was like yeah, maybe I yeah I, I can see that yeah I matured enough, but but she's the one who saw that. I was like always like yeah, it's great to have someone listen to your problems. Like it's 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 awesome, but um, yeah, like it's. It's it's not awesome if you don't need it because then yeah you, the whole point of therapy is that you become independent and you're able to, like, mm-hmm. manage your own life and lead it. Um, I was like, uh, yeah, she was like, no, yeah, no, you you you're good now. You you gotta leave me, and uh, I was pretty upset about that for a while. Like that, that last session was, um, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, are you crying? Like I don't know. Like, no. <laughs> um, I could imagine you, and you would be like, "How would, how could you do this to me? How could you leave me?" Um, I didn't do that. Um, we were very close, though. We were very close. Um, yeah. Um, it's like, it's like they were like the mother hen, and they had to let go. Be like. You're good to go now. You can fly on your own. Exactly. It was, um, yeah. Uh, So that graduation ceremony was, uh, that last session was um, very wholesome. Uh, It had all kinds of feelings. It was like um, feeling happy, but also very, very sad that I won't get to see you quarterly or bi-monthly. you can ask her out for coffee and just catch up. But like, also you don't know about her personal life. So she only knows about your personal That's life. That's the thing. So yeah, if we... That'd just be weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's tough to... Uh, uh, that that post-therapy phase, like it's a, a, that relationship is just awkward. Like it's... I, at least I find it awkward because uh, uh, well, what can we talk about Uh like we we can but, but yeah like uh, when we met like almost like uh, nine eight, eight or nine months after our last session like we we spoke about like all sorts of things like things that I think about sometimes like the book I'm reading or something like that we were just like normal casual conversation that was like um, not personal which is which is tough like we yeah it's, it's tough imagine this your therapist also needs therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not surprising. Like, 
honestly, I think about this and I'm like, imagine all the therapies in the world and they're also each other's therapists because they're all qualified to be therapists. So like, for example, we can just use your ther- therapist, for example, like Eva. Yeah. Maybe she's seeing another therapist called Chloe. And Chloe is seeing Chloe is seeing George. And George is seeing Eva for therapy. <laughs> so it's like this huge like it's a community, right? And they're just reaching out to each other for help. And yeah. it's just I feel like that's pretty funny. <laughs> and you can talk to each other about their patients, like <laughs> yeah. You can't talk about your patients. That's that is yeah. confidential information. They're not 100%. allowed to do that. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. I think this is a good way to end it because, you know, throughout our conversation about therapy and like our sidetracks today, you did show that like you did show that improvement, you know, how you're like, I used to think that my problems weren't valid, but they are valid and they deserve to have priority as well. And yeah. that's like a good that's good progress. Okay. That's good progress. Um, good job. That's, uh, that's Karina's uh, seal of approval. Um, <laughs> seal of approval. You should value you should value your own problems and the things that you're dealing with too. 100%. You should be the number one support for yourself. That's what I think. Yeah, 100%. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, that's the end of today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to our little insight into therapy maybe we'll dive into this more later on into another episode maybe even with an expert if we could find one that would be interesting i would love to do that but just something in the future and we hope you also enjoyed our little sidetrack and intermission moments today's episode has been kind of chaotic um but you know it's back to school our lives are chaotic what can you expect from us <laughs> we're doing our best <laughs> yeah we're really doing our best out here trying to talk about therapy when we might need it too <laughs> okay thanks for listening to us um i hope you're not tired from tired um from hearing our voices yet but thank you and a huge thank you to our team once again, Justin, Ariane, and Gabriel for tirelessly listening to our voices as well and helping us uh, make our lives better and making this podcast even better too. So just thank you to everyone. Um, this has been The Empathy Show. I'm Shirag. And I'm Karina. And go to therapy. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.